0: I have the uh, privilege of introducing Jaten Singh. Um, He's going to be opening the word to us in a second. And he's doing exactly what that song just commended us to do, and that's preaching Christ to the lost in India, uh, to unreached peoples in in dangerous areas where Christ's name is not welcome. Um, I had the opportunity to uh, really get to know Jaten about a year ago on a missions trip to India, and he is truly a man of God who wants to do nothing more than spread Jesus' name and save those who are lost. And to see that in action was truly amazing. Um, One of the things I think of when I look back to my trip in India is just watching Jaten in action. He knows someone everywhere. It's amazing. It didn't matter what part of India we were in or where we were traveling. Jaten knew a guy who maybe knew a guy, but yet he knew him. So he's connected. But as he shared this morning, the caste system although it's technically not legal in India, it's still alive and well. And it's a big barrier to ministry and to, to life in general there. Jaten is a guy who I saw go in and completely tear down the caste system. Like, there's not these barriers to him that it seems to be to other people. We were walking around the village, and as we were walking around the village, we would just swing into houses. Um, and we had, we had a couple guys from the village with us, And we got to this one house, and they were like, no, 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 we can't, we can't go in there. We can't go in there. The Brahmins live there. They're, they're the upper, upper caste. Jaten's like, oh no, it's, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. So we go into a Brahmin's house, completely uninvited, intruding on whatever they were doing. Jaten not only goes, but he brings six of us with him. Like this, this is a big deal. No one else would do that. They're afraid to even look a Brahmin in the eye sometimes or talk to them. Jaten doesn't see those barriers, and they don't seem to respond to him. He goes in and shares Christ's word. And that's what he's going to do for us now. And it is my privilege to just welcome him. And I hope you guys do the same. I'm very excited to hear from him. But I'd like to pray for him before he comes up. So just join me in prayer. Dear Father, just thank you for Jaten. Thank you for his ministry and his passion for your name. And for his ministry um, in India and here. Just uh, be with him as he speaks today and opens up the word. Let him speak truth to us. And and as he goes to the mission field... uh, It's going to be in a rough area, Father. Just give him the patience, the grace, and the perseverance to to really let your glory shine. Just thank you again for this opportunity that we have to hear from Jaten. In your name we pray, amen. And as he would tell us over and over again in India, believe God, trust in Jaten. Thank you, Willie.
1: Uh, Indeed, I would like to thank uh, to the elder of the church and the pastors, and to all of you. Thank you for this privilege, uh, for welcoming uh, my family over here. Well, I would like to begin by telling you a story. Uh, I love stories. When I was growing up, I loved stories. Uh, Still now, I love stories. I hope in the future, I will love stories too. So let me begin by telling you a story. A very interesting story. Uh, in the year 2005, I was in a village doing recording. I was involved in uh, the work of Gospel Recording Association. So every month my goal was to travel in different states, identify a language group, do the research, and find out the speakers, and do the recording, then go for distribution. That was my job before I come over here. So i was involved very much in recording so in 2005 i was in a village doing recording when i was recording you know in india there was no power no 24 hours power i was doing recording and the power just gone off and we have people to speak on the microphone and since there's no power we were not able to do recording and the pastor said jitan i think the, the power may take a day you know, in India, if you say a day, it might take three days. It might take one week. So I call up to the office in G.R.A. in Bangalore. I said, well, there's no power. The battery that we were using is no more. There's no more battery left. So I will wait. And the, office, uh, the G.R.A. office director said, wait for two days. If there's no power, there's no way you can do it. So I can't go back to the office. So I was there in the village. Without power, so there's no work for me. So I I told the pastor, Pastor, I don't want to just sit in this room and stay over here in this village. So I want to do something. And uh, I said, can I visit this village? There There were four villages surrounded. And he said, no, 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 brother. Don't go there. I said, what happened? And he said, no, they will kill you. I said, why? You know. He said, well, if you go there... You know, and you said, if you're a Christian, they will definitely kill you, no doubt. And, and I said, wow, that is some, that makes me, like, gives me energy to go, you know, like, I said, whoa, I want to go and find out, you know. So, I told him, Pastor, can I request something? Can I just go and visit? And I was requesting him two times, and he said, Brother, if you want to go there, I'll tell you something. Don't tell that you are a Christian. That's a point to remember, number one. And number two don't mention Jesus' name. I said, wow. And, which means, he said, don't identify you are a Christian and don't tell them the name of Jesus. I said, if I do that, what? They will kill you. Brother, please, listen. And I said, okay. I will not mention Jesus' name. I will not tell I'm a Christian. Can I go and visit? And he said, okay. So, I, there was another boy, a friend of mine, like, you know, he's a little younger than me. He was around 22. So, he was me, and I said, let's go to village." We were... I was going down the village. In that village, as I was going in the village, I saw a lot of people were crying. I said, what happened? I went down there and because they were crying because they lost their loved ones. And we keep going. As I was going, I saw a baby was born right on the road, on the bullock cart. Because there was no hospital nearby, you know. And they put the mother on the bullock cart, and uh, they were trying to go to the hospital, and they were not able to reach the hospital. So the baby was born right on the bullock cart, on the bullock cart on the road. I've seen that. It's very interesting. <laughs> not only that. As I was going again, I saw a woman, I, I, a woman kill her husband because her husband was drinking 24 hours and doing nothing. So she must be tired of him. So she said, "She just killed him." So I, 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 I was looking around. I saw, I saw that too. And not only that, and I saw at the end of the village. I was going around, and I was going, moving from one place to another. I, I saw all these things. I couldn't do anything. I just watched and I just move, keep moving. And finally, I end up in a big playground where there are a lot of young people. They were playing volleyball. And while these guys are playing volleyball, other group of people, young people, were just watching. And there are only four, there are four members in one side, and other side, three of them were playing. So I said, there should be six people playing volleyball. And I saw these people are just watching. And I asked them, "Why, why are you watching? Why don't you join them? And these guys, no, 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 no. They are higher cash people. We are lower cash. We cannot mingle and play together. I said, "Wow!" And I said, "Can I join?" And like I'm from second class, can I join it? And this guy said, "You're welcome." I was there playing with this guy, and I told him I was making, you know, friendship with them, friendly, you know, try, try to talk with them. And I was talking with them. I said, "Well, if you have six guys in this side and the six on this side, you know, we will have a wonderful time. Shall we do that?" And I was talking, and they know that I was, I can play the ball a little bit, so they said, "Okay." And I said, "Can I invite these guys? Can I invite this guy? Two of them, two over here." And they they completely forgotten their cash, and they allowed them to come and play. And we had a wonderful time playing over there. And after the game, you know, I I I, I told them, you know, well, was it good? And they said, "Wow, it was good." He said. And after the game, and with the all are gathering and me, they they start asking me, "Who are you? Are you an army guy? Are you a military man? You have a gun in your pocket?" And like. I said, "No, no. I, I, I just said, no, no." And beside the volleyball ground, there were some young guys they were worshiping this statue. Is there anyone who knows this? This is Mahatma Gandhi, statue of Mahatma Gandhi. People in India they call Papuji. means he's the, he's the father of the nation. People worship this statue. All the younger people were worshiping this statue. And I was there, I was a little bit different over there. So all the younger guys were surrounding me and they were asking me, Hey brother, who are you? Tell me. What's your name? Tell me. Where are you from? You know, they were asking all these questions. I was just kind of ignoring and just kind of answering my uh, their question. And when I saw this group of young men worshipping these idols, I feel like, oh man, I need to tell something to these people. I was there and they were there and I said, I told them, <clears throat> do you want to know about a man who is greater than this? Gandhi. Do you want to know? And they said, oh, I, they, some of them, they, oh, we thought Gandhi is the greater guy. He's, the, he's the, the number one guy in India. I said, no, there's someone who is greater than him. Do you want to know about him? And some of them say, yeah, we want to know about him. Okay. And I, I, <clears throat> and they ask me, who is that guy? Like they, they keep telling me, who is that guy? Who is that guy? Who is that guy? I don't want to tell Jesus all of a sudden. I was, I was aware of what the pastor said. If I said Jesus at any moment, they'll walk out from me. Some may throw a stone and some may hammer me down. I was aware of that too. But I was just telling that there is someone greater than Martin. Do you want to know it? And they keep telling, I think maybe their heart was boiling, eager to know about it. And said, tell me who's that? Tell me who's that? And I said, he is the radiant of God's glory. And he is exactly, exact representation of his being. That's what I told him, according from Hebrews chapter 1. He said, he is the radiant of God's glory and the exact Representation of his being. Who died for our sins. Buried. And raised on the third day. According to scripture. I told him. And they said, wow, who is that who died for our sins? And was buried and rose again? And they said, wow, this must be a greater man. You know, many of them were excited to know the idea. So I don't want to tell the whole story. there. I said, well, if you want to know about him, please... Come to that, you know, fellowship hall. I didn't say the church. I said that fellowship hall. You know, they know the fellowship hall. There's a house right over there. And come to there tomorrow. It was on Sunday. I said, come tomorrow. I will tell you about this man. I left that spot. I went back. And I told the pastor. And I said, pastor, pastor, you know what? I was with these village people. And they were asking me, you know, and I said, I was, I invited all of them to the church. And I, and I said, no, brother, no. He said, what happened? They will come and burn down the church. I said. And I was like. His wife also came. His wife was like screaming. Why do you send his brother? He doesn't know. He is new to this place. And I said. I, I don't have any words. Like. They said. Please. They, they, we are with the Indian mission. And if they come and b- burn down this whole My house. I have three daughters. He was crying. Me. And I was like. I don't know what to say. You know. But I said. I told him. Brother, pastor, I didn't tell the name of Jesus. I, I didn't tell that I'm a Christian, but I just invite them. And he was, no, but they will know that. you know, kind of there. Was, and I said, brother, let us, let us pray. Let's, let's sit down calm and let's drink a glass of water. <laughs> I told him, let's drink a glass of water and sit down there. And both of them were sitting down over there. And we were just praying, pray that, we were praying that they will not burn down the house. Because this pastor has... Enough experience seeing the house burn down, the church burn down, all these things. And they will come and persecute these people and they will kick them out from the village. So he has seen enough. So he, they were, they, they were, he has seen a lot of problems in the village, in the church. So next day, by the way, at that night, the pastor and the wife didn't sleep at all. I had a sound sleep. Uh, after the talk, I was tired. I had a sound sleep. I will be snoring these guys know that. I was snoring. I know I was I'll be snoring that I was sleeping. I slept in the hall, but the pastor and the wife didn't sleep at all overnight. They just woke up and they were worrying for the next day. The good news is next day, you know, seventeen guys, young guys came. When these seventeen guys came in a group, the pastor and the, the pastor and the wife were shivering there like they said, Wow, they're going to burn down this place, the tent. That's what they told me. I said, wait, 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 where, wait, wait. Dear friends, just like the village people, you know, among us, we may be going through different problems, different issues in life, different obstacles, challenges, And maybe difficulties and weakness. Maybe trials. Maybe you may be facing temptation. Young guys, older guys, whoever maybe. Going through a lot of temptation. Maybe failure in life. Maybe pain. Going through pain. Hurting. Maybe sickness in life. Because we are human. We all face all that. You know, you may be hiding, well, I don't have any problems. But I think if you're human, I believe that you will go through all this. We all go through, we all have different problems. And I usually ask, is there anyone who doesn't have problem in this room, in this church? Is there anyone who doesn't have problem? I think everybody has problem. You know who doesn't have problem? The body that lies in the coffin. In the coffin... The body that lies in the coffin doesn't have problem. Because there is no life. If you are life, you are human, we all go through problem.
2: In the village there were a
1: lot of problems going on too. Here is my question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? I asked you one time, do you want to get well? Keeping that question in your mind, please turn your Bible in the book of John, chapter five. This is a story that I told to the village on that Sunday morning without mentioning the name of Jesus. I just said J, 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 J. They thought J is my name. You know, I just told J, 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 but at last I said Jesus in in verse fifteen. I didn't tell Jesus' name. But I was just sharing the story from this passage. So here, here I am. John chapter 5. Reading from NIV. <clears throat> As we go through this, let us learn the life lesson from Jesus. As I was reading this when I was preparing, I was very excited to know about it. You know, I I I kind of noticed that Jesus was not a guy who just sit in the room, who was not just sitting in the village. He was moving from place to place, doing things. He was active. So if you go through chapter one, two, uh, chapter one, you know he Jesus Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel, and when it comes to chapter two, Jesus changes water to wine. Jesus cleans the temple in chapter 2. And when it comes to chapter 3, Jesus teaches Nicodemus. And when it comes to chapter 4, Jesus talks with the Samaritan woman. And when it comes to chapter 4, Jesus heals the official son. When it comes to chapter 5, Jesus was healing men who was invalid. So he was active in doing something, moving from place to place, and he was engaging with the people, talking, healing. He was not just sitting in a place. He was doing something that the Father wants him to do. Chapter 5, verse 1. 1 to 6, I'll read. Verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of Jews. Now, there in the Jerusalem, near the ship gate, a pool, which is Aramaic, is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five-covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there... Had been invalid and invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? The first point here I would like to bring out is verse 6, he said, Jesus. Concern for the suffering and the neglected ones. If I was there, we human beings, we look the higher things. What is going on? Active in the ear. But Jesus was looking down to the man who was there lying down. So, from this passage, we learn that Jesus concerned for the suffering and the neglected ones. In India, when if you travel around, you will see a lot of people paralyzed, blind, sick on the street. Nobody cares. This man, he was there for 38 years. I believe there are a lot of people, rich people, big people, strong people, must have helped him. Nobody was helping him. Nobody is caring about him, but Jesus concerned for suffering and neglected ones. We human beings, we sometimes we neglect those peoples, but Jesus have a heart for those people who are not able, disabled. Reading down from verse seven, the invalid sir. The invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is still. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. It's very sad. The source, he was disabled. He was weak. There's nobody to help him. So, when he heard the man telling him, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred, while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus was, very, Jesus was listening to him. And he said, Jesus listened the cry of the hurting one. When we heard something else, someone telling to us, I have nobody to help. Sometimes we say, whoa, he just passed by. You know, in India, the Brahmins, the higher caste people, if I was there, if I made an accident, if I was on the road, do you think the Brahmin will come and help? No. They say, oh, these people, it's untouchable. I cannot touch it. It's not my job. Jesus didn't say that. He came from heaven. He didn't say that. So Jesus listened to the cry of the hurting ones. You and I here, maybe sitting over here hurting, maybe because of relationship, bad relationship, because of family issues. We all, we are human beings. If you are hurting, please keep in mind that Jesus listened to the cry of the hurting. We have Jesus he is available 24-7. Verse 8. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At the time, the man was cured. He pick up his mat and walked. The day on which it took place was Sabbath. And so the Jews said to him, who had been healed, It is Sabbath. The law forbids you, you to carry your mat. Wow, what that? It's really sad. The Jews told him that he cannot do that. It's Sabbath, it's a raised day. Here's what I come up with. There will always be complainers to those who experience the love of Jesus. It's not only here. Everywhere in the world. For instance, I would like to tell you our friends who were in India. Jimmy, Willie, Reagan, Dan Gingrich. We were there in India. It was on Saturday, Sunday. We were not able to go out. We were supposed to visit a church and we were not able to travel because... There was strike and there was no transportation. If you go, people will throw stones and we may face problems. And it was Sunday. What do you say? Well, since we cannot go, let's do something over house in the house. You know, these guys were digging the ground and planting potatoes and planting garlics. Not only that, they were painting the house. And... That was a wonderful testimony, I'll tell you. People around there was, wow, these white people coming and walking on Sunday. Wow, they're doing, they're, these guys are like a bull. You know, they're not, they never sit so tired. They just give him, give him a glass of water, they're good, good that's kind of guy. They were walking, painting the whole day. And in, it's not, I didn't say that people who live around over there, they said, They said. well, you told her you're a Christian, right? And a Christian around here, They don't work on Sunday. They don't do any work on Sunday. But we were there doing something else. And he said, what kind of Christian you are? They start asking to us. So I said, we love Jesus. I said, when he said, what kind of Christian you are? I said, we love Jesus. That's what we're doing here. And making use of time. And there are people, the next day, when I went down there, there are people who complain about it. So, there will always be complainer to those who experience the love of Jesus. In this world, here, here, everywhere in this world. Verse 13 to 15. The man who was healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away from Into the world. That was dear. Later Jesus found him. At the temple. And said to him. See you are well again. Stop sinning. Or something worse may happen to you. The man went away. And told the Jews. That it was Jesus. Who met him well. He didn't know that before. Who healed it. I hope people may be asking wow who did it how come how come you walk pick up your uh, man and walk how come you have been lying there for years and now how come who did it there are a lot of people might be asking to him and he have no answer he 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 have no idea who the man was who healed me he was no idea but finally he knew it when he was in temple My friends what I always bring is the goal of the gospel is to bring healing to broken souls. The goal of the gospel is to bring healing to broken souls. I was born in a Hindu family. When I say Hindu family, I mean my grandma, my father, my mother asked me to worship different idols. He said, this man worship these idols. We have a lot of idols in the house. It's a picture. It's a framed picture. And my grandmother said, oh, you have to bow down here and touch your feet and put this red color on your forehead. And you have to wear this chain. Because to protect from devils." You know, a lot of things, a lot of instruction from my grandmas and my mom and my dad. I was confused when I was growing up. I thought wow, every month different different idols. You know, in India, people worship millions of idols. Most of the younger people these days, they are confused as they grow up. They just follow and obey their parents blindly. No, they're not really Hindu, nor Christian, nor here and there. They're like a boat floating on the water. Many of the young guys they face that. So when I was growing up in that village, when I finished my 10th grade, I was in the darkness. I was struggling. I was living without hope. I don't know where my future will be. I was there in a the village, and my uncle who was a first-generation Christian, he came and told me, Jitan, if you live in this village, you will be lost, and there's no future. And he said, I will put you in a Bible college. I said, Bible college? Wow, that's new to me. I don't know about it. And he said, well, if you want to go next day, we will leave. I remember that was on Thursday, and we left on Friday. Thursday, he came and said, if you, want to go, go, come, if you want to come with me, I'm leaving tomorrow. And I told my parents, I said, my uncle told me that he will put me in Bible college. Can I go? My, my uncle, my, my father and mother said, oh, no, if you want us to support or do something else you remain here, don't go out we cannot do that and when I say Bible college, they don't, they don't have any idea about it, so I was there, the whole night I was thinking what to do, I, I, I don't know about it, I don't, I don't have any idea Bible college I don't have any idea about Bible no idea about Jesus, no idea about God and next morning that night was really a long night and next morning my uncle came and said are you ready, I said wow I didn't pack anything else. You know what I did? I just went with him, with a, with a red shirt, with a red shirt, and one black trouser and one sandal. No shoes at all. And I just say, okay, I'm ready, ready to follow you. I was went with him. It took four days from the northeast Manipur to the south. I was traveling in train. There was very few words that I spoke in the train. I was disappointed. I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going. There was, I, I don't know. I have any idea. So I was just following him blindly. And he put me in the Bible, Bible college. You know, very interesting. In the Bible college, you know what? In the, it's a brilliant Baptist, Bible, it's a Baptist Bible college. I was there. And as soon as I stepped into the college, every student, young guys, many of them were like you know, wearing tie, white shirt, black pants, nice, nice shoes. I said, whoa, this is not the right place for me. I said, and Michael said, well, 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 no, no, no. So he took me in the room and he said, let's get in over here. I was there, and he left the next day. And I have to go through the interview. And the president was there right in front of me. And there are four professors, three were sitting on the right side. And the, the president of the college asked me, Jitan, are you born again? Are you born again? I said, wow. I was, I have no idea what you're asking. Born again? What, is, what do you mean by born again? I have no idea about it. I was just... And he expects, yes, I'm born again. That's it. He expected. that. But I didn't say that. I said, no sir, I'm not born again. He looked at me, and he looked at the professor. He said, hey, gentlemen, are you born again? He raised his voice, and he asked me. And I said again the same thing. I said, no sir, I'm not born again. And he looked to the professor said, I... I don't know what to do with this gentleman tell me professor what shall I do with this man and he said gentlemen I'm asking you third time do you believe Jesus Christ as your personal Savior are you born again I understand the question but I was not you know willing to say yes but I was not born again I was trying to be nice and true to him you know be honest and and I said "Sir, I am not born again and the president looked at me. Wow. And he said, you know, as soon as I said that, I said, sir, I'm not born again. I haven't accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, but will you give me a chance to study the Bible? And I think it looks like, you know, he here very well. And he said, I have not done in the history. I have not done in the history. And he said, well, I'll give you two weeks time. Within two weeks you have to be born again, is it? <laughs> and I left the I left the office, I went out. You know when when I was there two weeks passed, three week, four week, five weeks, he never called me. He has completely forgotten. I was in the Bible college, I was there getting into the Bible college, it was not easy. It was not easy. Even to hold a Bible with my hand I was really ashamed. I was hiding behind it, I was running and I don't know where to open Matthew, no John no, I don't know where to open it I, I struggled a lot in the Bible college for 6 months when I was there, there was a guy from Burma, he did his MTAs and he gave me Bible verse every night and day he down, read this, read this, read this at the same time the vice president of the college I think it's God who arranges him. I was walking down there and doing gardening work pouring water, cutting down the leaves and I was walking in the morning and he said, come here for coffee he called me and he said let me tell you something he said, Christ died for our sins I was drinking coffee I was really scared to sit in front of him because I was not born again I was drinking coffee, you know I didn't finish that he said, Christ died for our sins. And he was buried. And he was rose again on the third day. According to the scripture. So right from 1 Corinthians 15. He told me. I keep going every morning in his house. He kept telling all this. And I start thinking through. And one evening it was, I remember. It was on 2nd November 1995. That's the day I bowed on, on my knee. And I said... I realized I'm a sinner. God, please forgive me and accept me as your child. That's the day I confess. From that day onwards, I was like, after praying, I, that's the first time I prayed. I don't know how to pray, but that, on that day, I realized, wow, He gives me His spirit and words to pray. I prayed, kneeled down, and prayed. That's the day I prayed, and I was really happy in my heart. I said, wow, I was excited. I hold the Bible, and I was excited to tell to others that I'm a Christian now. I'm born again. I was very excited. And I was really hanging around the Bible and next morning I have in my heart I was telling, I have to tell to the president of the college that I am born again. That was my, you know. And Saturday it was Saturday. On Sunday morning the president of the college was reading newspaper on his, in front of his house and every student scared to go to him and talk. I was scared too but I thought, wow, he will kick me out. But he didn't kick me out. I went to, the, to his house and said, sir, can I come in? And he said, yes, come in. It was Saturday, and I said, sir, I am born again. That was a word for me. I, I said, that, that, that's a word. I said, I am born again. And he looked at me. Yes, sir, I accept Christ as my Savior. And he left the newspaper, and he came, and he hugged me, and he prayed for me. Wow, that was, I was like really encouraged by it. That's the, my turning point. I was in the darkness, I was struggling, I was living without hope. But after that I have hope for a future. After hearing the gospel that Christ died for our sin and he was buried and rose again. Gospel brings healing to my broken soul. The gospel bring healing in my life. Dear friends, if you feel you are neglected, and if you are hurting because of bad relationship or whatever, if you are suffering, let us remember that Jesus is always available 24-7. Your pastor may be busy sometimes, your elders or parents and loved ones may be busy to talk to you, encourage you whenever you are needed. I will assure you that Jesus is available 24-7 wherever you go. In the plane or in India or in German or Hong Kong, wherever. He is available 24-7. That's a turning point. Let me read from Psalm 146, if you would, if you turn Psalm 146. Psalm 146, reading from verse 5 to 9. <clears throat> 146, verse 5. Blessed is he who, whose health is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free, the Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord live up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. Verse 9. The Lord watches over the ailing and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the works, the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Friends, our God is a living God. He's not dead yet. He is here. He is everywhere. He is available 24-7. God wants all of us to be an useful instrument. Everyone has different grips, gifts. Gifts. I cannot do something else. Someone can do it. He wants us to be his useful instrument in this world. God wants us to be a light in this world. He wants us to be the salt in this world. There is spiritual darkness. In India, as I said, older generation worship millions of idols, and younger generation just follow and obey blindly. They don't know where they're heading. There are people groups in India who will never ever get a privilege to hear the Gospels. They will not get the privilege to hear the Gospel. There are millions. India is like a small country, but a lot of people. 1.22 billion people. Majority of them are Hindu. My wife and I are with Kristar. Kristar exists to glorify God by establishing churches among rich, rich, Buddhists, Hindus, and Muslim, and other Asian worldwide. We are with Krishnar, and we are praying and preparing to go to India among the least rich Hindu in the northern India. Compared to south and north, northern area is the least rich. In the south, it is widely rich. For the first two years, even though we are from India, India has got more than 1,600 languages and dialects. Every state is different. So we will be spending two years of learning languages in India, in Delhi, in the capital city of India. After two years, we will form a team. Once the team is formed, we will be involved in church planting among the unreached people group of Hindu. That's why God has put a heart to us. As I said, there is a spiritual darkness in India. And there are millions of people living without hope. Let us have time to look at the video. And as you see the video, I want you to look through and think about India.
3: Lord, touch your people. Lord, we pray, O oh God, that thou birth and Your people, Lord, the spiritual awakening, Lord, that they would turn to your God. Lord, there are so many people who are lost in darkness and idolatry. Lord, we pray, O God, that the marvelous gospel would touch them and draw their hearts closer to your Father. Lord, we pray, O God, that your word would be preached to the millions and thousands of people, God, who are in our nation who haven't heard about Jesus. We pray, O God, for Lord, the interior tribal areas, of oh God, we pray, O oh God, that Thou would touch those people, O oh God. We pray, O oh God, that Thou would make the church as a light and a salt in a place, O oh God, where people are not sensitive towards Your voice, O oh God. Lord, that You would enable, Lord, the church to be a sending church. Lord, we pray, O God, that thou would remove, Lord, the lukewarmness in the church, of God. And we pray for, Lord, the leaders of our church, O God, that they would be able to, Lord, carry forth your word, O God, in its power, O God. We once again thank you, Lord, for this privilege. And we want to commit, Lord, the land of India into your loving hands that thou would visit in a very special way in reviving and, Lord, preparing them for your coming. In Jesus' name we pray,
1: I have mentioned you early, in some part of India gospel is not open. Christians are not welcome. Jesus' name cannot be mentioned. You cannot identify yourself as a Christian when you go to India. It's our challenge and our struggle. And my always question comes to my mind is how to reach the gospel to the unreached people group of Hindu. That is my question. We all, there's not, not, a, not a particular system that in this way we can reach the gospel to this Hindu people group. There is no, no such system. So, I would like to get some help from two gentlemen, Jimmy and Willie. They have been, they have been in India. And I, I think they must be aware how to reach the gospel among Hindus. So, let us hear their input. At this time, how to reach the gospel to the unrest people, grow in Hindu? Uh,
2: well, while we were in India, um, it was kind of strange. We were the largest people in the whole village. So, right away, we were white and we were large. So, we had a bit of a, um, uh, a popularity, I guess you could say. Um, so one of the ways that we used to reach the Hindu in India, who, it, like Juten said, if we would go to the to the main square and say, "Hey, we're having, we'd like to talk to you about Jesus," it, it wouldn't have worked well. Um, there's a, a small church there, and if we would have done that, that would have even damaged their um, ability to reach the people uh, in their village. So what we did, we uh, Jiten had some friends who were part of like a semi-professional soccer team uh, in a, a city close to where we were and he invited them to come. They brought their semi-professional soccer team, and they said, hey, a bunch of these white American guys are going to play soccer against our our, uh, our really good soccer players. Um, so even though we were awful, uh, they saw us out there running around and playing sports with, with, their, um, with their people. And by the end of the game, the, the town officials were watching. There were children watching. There were, there were older people. There were younger people. And even the people from the church were allowed to like, set things up and, and speak with everyone. Uh, at the, also, at the end of the games, we were able, the three of us were able to stand up there and share the gospel with the people in the village. And, um, and they, they loved it. They didn't care. They were actually even asking us more questions about it through a simple thing like sports. Um, I've, I've found, been able to travel a lot in my life, and I've found that uh, music, medicine, and sports are three things that really can, that can hit people well. And um, specifically in India, with soccer, uh, sports was something that we were able to use uh, to really um, speak about Jesus in a way that it was sneaky. They didn't even, didn't even suspect it. It was awesome. Thank you. And, and another way to,
0: to reach these unreached peoples in these close countries where it, you can't go in as a missionary or even a tourist in some, some places is with businesses' missions. When I say business as missions, I don't mean you go and you have a business that supports you, so you can be on the mission field, you only work five hours a week, but no, a real business that you invest in, that you start, that you work, that you gain the respect of those around you. And it's a great opportunity to witness to, to your employees and to your customers and any of those that come in contact with you, um, because you're not allowed to go in proclaiming the gospel. But when people see you and see how you act and see how you run your company, then, then this is something that it, that is a great ministry in the future of of missions to a lot of these places, uh, and it is something that I had an opportunity to talk a lot about um, with Jaten while we were there. Whether it's something like a hotel, you start a hotel, or or he has, uh, I think he did his master's on businesses missions with with a water truck. They deliver water there, and being able to do that, so you get involved with your customers. Um, it, it's not going to to make money. It's going to those to going to affect those around you and witness to them um, using business as that platform. Uh, so it's just a really cool opportunity, and I, and I think that's another way that uh, that you can reach a lot of these unreached people groups. Um, and I've seen that work well, not only in, in India, but in other countries. Um, when we went to Bolivia or Nigeria, I saw some great examples of, of businesses' missions working to really further the lives and the gospel of those around um, I believe Jaten would like me to close in prayer. Um, And I just wanted to thank Jaten for opening the word to us and really sharing a lot about India, a country that we we don't really know that much about. So let's pray. Dear Father, just thank you. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to to listen to Jaten and your word. Um, Thank you for his and Rebecca's willingness to take their family to back to India to to share your word in an area that that there is no light right now. It is spiritually dark, as Jaten said. Um, I just thank you for his willingness to be that light, to be that light to your word. Um, just grace his ministry, Father. Guide him and lead him, encourage him in those times where, where he's hurting and, and his soul is hurting. Let him remember the message that he spoke to us, um, that, that you're available 24-7 and that we can call out to you whenever. Um, just thank you for the opportunity to, to to talk about missions and to see how that might affect us in the future. Um, May may your name just go out to all the nations. Amen.